Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece with my co-host today, Samantha Tregilius. Samantha, how is life? Good morning. It is so good to see you. Uh, today, it's the three S's. And so I, I'm really excited and ready for what we have in store for our guests today. Yeah, very into alliteration today, which is cool. Um, and I think this is right up the alley for, you know, early in the new year, because I think so many people, you know, we did our vision board day and so many women that we know are, are really focused on investing in themselves in 2023. And what does that mean? What does it feel like? How do we invest in ourselves? How do we continue to empower ourselves? So today we have with us Susan Salter, who is the queen of this. And Susan, I, first of all, I love your website life styled by Susan, but it's life period styled by Susan, which I think says volumes. Thank you for being with us today. How are you? I'm fantastic. And thank, thank you ladies for having me. So your background is fun and unique because it, it, uh, it's one of those like was in corporate America, just being beaten down on the hamster wheel, horrible male bosses. Like I got to, I got to get out. I got to, I got to create the life I want. And then it was, Oh, I can actually help other people create the life they want. So let's take it back a little bit. Tell us a little bit about how, how this came to be, where, where you were in your life, where you discovered this was a need, not only for you, but for other women. Yeah. So um, I was in corporate for about 30 years. And um, it was my first big girl job. And I, you know, moved up the ranks and did pretty well for myself. Um, I was in retail banking, my background was um, compliance and control, not sexy, not not, you know, I loved it. But you know, very, very analytical, very black and white, all that great stuff. You either yeah, love it. Compliance is, uh, is not like the sexy hot division <laughs> no, right. of any company. Right. <laughs> Right, right. So, um, you know, and as a as a young woman um, coming up the ladder, you know, you're faced with a lot of things. I remember in the beginning of my corporate career being very insecure and just like, I don't know if this is the right fit for me, but, you know, corporate life just sort of sucks you in, right? I, I was married to my first husband um, at the time and was starting my family um, and all of those things. So you kind of get sucked into this corporate life. And to be honest with you at the time, I didn't have the um, uh, the wherewithal, the confidence um, you know, to say, wow, I don't really know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. I just was like, this is it. This is my life. And I think a lot of young women, unfortunately, and again, we're going back 30 years, so times are a little bit different now, but um, you kind of get sucked into things and then it's like, okay, I guess this is what my life is going to be. I mean, originally I, don't, I, don't I wanted to- So different though. I yeah. mean, you, you do get sucked in. They, they make you think you need them. Oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. My, they, my, my employer aside, um, <laughs> <laughs> think you can't. They make you think you can't live without them. Exactly, and they keep throwing the promotions at you and the accolades and the this and the that. Right. So, so you keep going along. You know, as you said earlier, that sort of hamster wheel, and you're going and you're going and and. Um, 
you know, when I did work my way up the ladder, I was a senior director when I finally um, left, but I just had so many bad experiences, not just with male um, leaders, but also with female leaders. And that really surprised me because... Mm-hmm. You know, there's not that many women in male-dominated fields. And, you know, I'm young, I'm insecure as it is, you know, wondering, am I good enough? You know, all the things that we all, you know, think about. It's just, it's ridiculous, but it happens. And you come across women who, who um, you know, are feel threatened or, or you know, you think they're going to help you out and then and then they don't. They don't speak up for you. They don't support you and things like that. You know, I've had great experiences, good bosses, women who did lift me up and support me, but then others who didn't. We call and them then, the snake in the grass. Exactly. It's like they're the bitch, they're like, the bitch in the grass. She's in there. We see you just waiting, just lurking, you know, and I would, it, it's, it's, it's so true because I would be in these meetings, you know, being court, you know, being in compliance, you're not everybody's favorite. And I had to go before, you know, Let's just be honest, you're nobody's favorite. Let's, right. I'm just going to say that right now. And by the way, that does include my compliance department for those <laughs> Right, right. Because we have to tell you what you're doing wrong, right? We have to be like, look, you can't do this. You have to do this. And no. like, what are you telling me? We're here. You know, we need to make money. We need to say it the way we want to say it. But anyway, so um, I would have to get in front of like the executive teams and basically air their dirty laundry. And, you know, behind closed doors, women who I would seek out as mentors and supportive, like, yes, I have your back. I'll help you in the meeting and blah, 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 blah. And they would be sometimes one of the first ones to say, well, I don't agree with that. And, you know, and then you're like, what? Um, so, but, but also you have um, the men. So typical, right? Men getting all of the big projects, the guys on your team getting the attaboys and, you know, socializing outside of work was either playing golf or sitting at the bar, you know, something that I don't, I mean, I don't mind a, a good drink at the bar, but um, I don't play golf, you know, so there really wasn't a whole lot of opportunities to sort of rub elbows, if you will. Um, but I was never that type anyway. Like I wanted to be recognized for the work that I did. And it was a real awakening for me to realize, oh, you really do have to kiss up to the boss and you really do have to get out there and play golf. I don't want to play golf, you know, and there's like no I've tried it. I don't like it. I didn't. <laughs> right. Exactly. I have no desire to, to do that. But um, so it's unfortunate that not all, not all of the time your own talents and, and work will, will, will be what gets you to the next level. And I, you know, early on in the days thought that that was going to be the thing um, that got me the accolades, that got me, you know, where I wanted to be. And and I say that loosely because I never really felt like corporate is where I wanted to be. Um, when I originally started out, I wanted to go into fashion. I, I was creative, you know, I loved clothes. I was always overdressed at work. Um, but I did have the confidence to be like, you know, 
fuck this. I'm going to, I'm going to wear what I want to wear to work. You know, if I want to wear the red lipstick, I'm wearing the red lipstick. If I want to wear the heels, I'm going to wear the heels. I don't want to wear the pin straight suit all the time, you know, and corporate America sucks the creativity out of you. It totally does. But gone yeah. are the days of the pantsuit. I think that we're all in agreement. Like we've all kind of graduated. Hopefully, I, I do still see quite a bit of pantsuit in the corporate world. But yes. I do, I do hope that we're shifting. Yes, yes, and I do think we are. Um, and I always used clothes and how I dressed as a way of self-expression. You know, it was a way for me to, it was kind of the rebel in me because I was in this corporate environment where you're expected to act and be a certain way. And by the way that I dressed, you know, a feminine blouse, for example, which is sometimes taboo in corporate because you're, you're, you know, you're kind of brought up in that environment to, and I hate to say it, but look like the guys, like wear the black, wear the Navy. And I like color and I like, you know, feminine and I like, you know, but so many women have to suppress who they are to fit in. And that is very, very sad. Um, And then towards the end of my career, Um, And I always had impeccable timing, but right around the time that we were going into lockdown, I just was like, I'm done. I've had enough. I'm out of here. And I gave up a multiple six figure salary and was like, I don't really know what I want to do in this moment, but I know I no longer want to do this. And it was really the straw that broke. And I was kind of in that space for I would say at least a good two years where it was the Sunday scaries were Monday through Sunday. You know, it was just every day it was the Sunday scaries. And I just was like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Um, But, you know, you keep trudging along, you're collecting the big paycheck. So that's what I did for about two years. And then I had this horrible boss who did not like a woman with an opinion. And I am a woman of a certain age. So ageism is very prevalent um, once, especially for women, once you um, reach a certain level, it's like, oh, well, we can hire two or three people at your salary. So we're going to, and he literally, literally, it was so blatant, was trying to snuff me out. And I just said, I'm not going to give him the satisfaction of doing that. I'm leaving. How embarrassing it was. It must have been to literally fire your employer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly. <laughs> I never really thought about it that way, but that's exactly what I did. Exactly what I did. And you I was just like, home and you pack your little banker's box of your shit and you walk <laughs> up and you put it in your car and you get home and you're like, now what the fuck am I going to do? Exactly. I was like, oh shit, what am I going to do? But my now husband, who was very supportive, um, much more supportive, the other husband would have never been able to um, handle my Uber independence and starting my own business. But my current husband is amazing. And he was the one that was just like, I want you to be happy. Just leave, just leave. So I think his encouragement like really was the thing that kind of got me to the final 
stage because I was like, all right, he supports me. He says, we're going to be fine. I trust him. I'm, I am not happy. He's seeing that I'm not happy. I want to be happy. I'm a glass half full kind of gal. Um, I'm out. And that's exactly what I did. I love that. So then we take what we just went through for 30 years and we've parlayed that into a business to help other women not have to go through all that so long, but let's fast forward to now what you're doing for women. You are creating a, not, it's not necessarily a styling profile. It's a lifestyle moment, which I love the different approach that you're having because it's, it's not just, Hey, I'm going to put clothes on you to make you feel good. It's like, we're really going to do a whole upheave here of what's going on. So you know, from like the beginning idea of that to now what you're doing. I mean, let's talk about how it came to life. Yeah. So um, I knew that I wanted to help women. I was very passionate, as you're saying about Samantha, about not going through um, trying to take a lot away from women that, that I went through that you really don't have to go through this 30 years of misery. <laughs> you know, you can really do what you want and be what you want at any time. So it was very important for me to empower women. I knew I wanted to come back to my first love of fashion and incorporate how you dress and how empowering that can be and how you can, as I mentioned before, really identify with who you are by the way that you dress, because how you dress in your appearance is the first thing that people see. And you are your brand, whether you're, in, whether you're in corporate, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're, you know, an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. You are your own brand. So it's important um, that through clothing, I just know how empowering it felt as a little girl, like when I would wear certain things. I was very trendy when I was younger, and I just knew like how good I felt when I, you know, had a certain outfit on. And what I always say is you can put on a great outfit and look and feel amazing. And sure, you'll go out into the world and you'll get compliments, which makes you feel even better. But if you don't have the mindset and the mental strength to be that confident person 90% of the time, because you're going to have your moments, but, it, but if you can stay in that high sort of vibration of confidence and self-assurance, it doesn't matter really what you wear. Because if you take that dress off that you got all those compliments on, if you don't have that mental strength, you're going to go right back to where you were. But doesn't so that's why an outfit that feels so good on and walking into a room where you have a different energy, doesn't that give you some of that high vibration? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you need to do more of those things to sort of keep that high energy, that high vibration going, because when you maintain that high vibration, good things are going to happen. It's just the way the universe works. Um, but you have to have the tools and the um, self-awareness to be able to manage your thoughts and your emotion. Because the if you have self-doubt and you have that negative talk in your head, you're not going to be that confident woman 
even if you're wearing sweats. Like I want women to feel amazing no matter what they have on. So I wanted to combine this concept of um, strength and empowerment and confidence and then um, how you dress in your personal brand and how you present yourself. So for me, I actually came up with the name of life styled by Susan before I even really knew what I wanted to do, because I knew at the core of it, I just wanted to create a beautiful lifestyle for women. And I think it's interesting because so many of us that, you know, are moms and we're working and, you know, when your kids are really little and it's like, you know, you have kids and your body doesn't look like it used to. And you certainly as shit do not feel like you used to because you're freaking exhausted and you're spread so thin. The last person that we all think about is ourselves, right? And even if you don't have kids, like life as a woman, there's a lot of moving parts. And I think that we put ourselves to the wayside and, you know, there was this whole like self-care and like, you know, take time for you. But, you know, the reality is, is even though we think it, we love it, we want to embody it, we're all not practicing it because there's just simply not enough fucking hours in the day, right? right. <laughs> so, so if, you know, sitting down and talking with somebody like you, you know, you're really setting those, those buckets up for like, hey, we can put some energy here, we can put some energy here and in here and really work on that stuff that's inside that then you can, you know, be in your sweatpants and still feel like a million bucks because that's who you are inside. And I think that approach is so just over the top cool. And um, I think something a lot of us can take away because we don't spend time on ourselves. We just don't. Right, right. And and like you're saying, society tells you to do all the things, right? All the um, things. But but a lot of, the, and, and we hear that, and in, in, in my opinion, and what I've experienced with my clients is, they just don't know what to do with it. It's like another stressor. It's like, yeah. I'm supposed to be like this. I'm supposed to be doing self-care, but I don't even know what that means, you know, for me. And it's individual for every woman. So, you know, that's something that I go through in my programs is what does self-care, what does taking care of yourself? Because as women, we're nurturers, right? We take care of everybody else before we take care of ourselves. So, we do Which, by the way, where, where in the book of life was that like a sign up? Like right. because of my vagina option, I did right. not sign up for these tasks. I mean, exactly. Can someone please highlight that for us? And it, and it, it does put us in a position where when you, when you do it for so long and so many years, like you, you do lose yourself, right? Like I just <laughs> sent number two of two off to college. So now they're, they're both off in college and people are like, Oh my God, you must be so excited. Like you have so much time for yourself and you to, to do hobbies. And I'm like, what fucking hobby? I don't have any hobby. I never had time to learn a hobby. <laughs> and they're like, well, what do you, what do you like to do? I'm, and literally I'm like, I have no fucking idea what I like to do. Like exactly. all I've done is work and raise my children and, and, you know, drive to sporting events and, and pack lunches and, and plan vacations and, and, you know, book plane ticket. Like this is all we do. I, I don't like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing with myself anymore. Right. And that's, that's a, such a good point because we get lost and especially in that phase. So, so my client base is really women going through changes in their life. 
that is when they need the most help, whether it is an empty nester, whether it is you're thinking about leaving your shitty corporate job and you don't know what you want to do, or you're going through menopause and you feel like you're losing your mind, right? And there's, we all know there's no support out there for that. Um, and you're kind of off on an island um, with all of the stuff going on there. But but there's so many things that we go through as women that our lives are always evolving and changing and different um you know, life events come up and it's like, I don't know what to do. So it really, it, you know, again, it all comes back to if you have those um, skills where you can <clears throat> manage your thoughts, manage your mind, find out who you truly are, you know, who do you want to be? What, how do you want to represent yourself? Um, that's why my sort of tagline with my business is I style women from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Right. We start on the inside. We figure out who we are, what we want, because we've never really focused on that. Right. So many women, again, focus on everybody else. You don't really take the time to even think about what you want. Do I want a hobby? If I had a hobby, what would that be? Like, what am I interested in? You know, nobody really asks us that, especially nobody. ourselves. Nobody was wondering, I have uh, X'd out crochet. <laughs> and axe throwing are both off the oh. list. Everything else I'm open to, but those two are are already yeah. from me. What I think right. is so interesting about this conversation though, so I'm in my 40s, I'm 42, and I think it's, you know, I'm just now at a place where I'm done. I mean, my girls are nine and 12, so I'm kind of I've I've crossed that bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, Stacey, you're in a different space where yours are, you know, out of the house. And you know, why do we have to wait for us? And I think that's something that needs to be talked about because, you know, when you're 30, you know, you're, you're on the wheel, you're trying to make your career, you're figuring out like, you know, what badass move you're going to do next. But now we're, as we kind of get to be the women that we want to be or are aspiring to be, you know, now we're, you know, I guess the big question is just like, why are we waiting for ourselves? I, I don't think we know that there's an option. So Susan... Okay. Tell yeah. us about what our options are. <laughs> yeah. Let's make so, sure people are aware. <laughs> yes, that's a very good question. So our options are we can do whatever the fuck we want. Thank that's you. our options. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And you don't have to wait until you're of a certain age to decide what you want. I, you know, I had little kids when I was in corporate. I never want to, and no disrespect to stay-at-home moms. I think that's wonderful. I think it's one of the hardest jobs you can ever do, but it's just personally not something I wanted for myself. I always wanted to work mainly because I had a horrible first husband and I knew my salary would be what would get me out of that situation. So I kind of was in a situation where I needed to, um, you know, uh, stay in my job and, and make money. But you know, everyone, as much as we worry about everybody else and we're the nurturers and this, everybody is going to be fine. So don't put yourself last. Mm -hmm. Your kid, my children, my daughter's 36, my son's 34. And I had a conversation with them, gosh, probably about 10 years ago. And I was like, look, did you ever feel like you were deprived because I worked all the time and I had to travel for work and this, that and the other? And they said, no, 
They're like, and that was the best thing I could hear. They were like, no, we're were you, so were you all agreed of what the answer was going to be. <laughs> I was, I was, I had to, I had to really like, you got to prepare yourself for the moment. Right. <laughs> in case I heard, I didn't hear what I wanted to hear, but, um, but no, they were like, look, I learned how to do laundry myself. I know how to wash clothes. I can cook, you know, I can cook myself. I can make something, you know, to where it's at least edible. Um, you know, we, we didn't mind you working at all. And I was just like, oh, thank God. So sometimes, you know, I would say not sometimes all the time we put too much pressure on ourselves, right? We think that the people in our lives that we nurture and we take care of are going to not survive without us. And that's our own thinking. Mm-hmm. They will survive. Well, and the kids, survive. the kids, and I've said it many times before, they really watch mom and they watch what you're doing and how you're doing it and how you're holding it together and how you're able to do all these different things. And when they get out of the nest, they're fully functional. They, exactly. you know, and it's not something necessarily that's like a rule book of, of like, okay, I taught them how to do this. I mean, they're just kind of absorbing and watching how you're moving around, which I think is um, something that we forget. Um, although I will say like my husband, I'm pretty sure he would die if I wasn't around because yeah. he doesn't know how to do laundry. Okay. Right. He goes down there and looks and goes, well, I don't know. And that's, I mean, that's my own issue, but um, so when someone signs, you know, up and starts to in, embark on this adventure with you, you know, what type of time span? I mean, do you spend a year with a client? Is this a month? Like how long before you really feel someone's ready to get out there and live their truest, best life? So what I do, the way that I have my programs um, established is I do three, six and nine month programs. So, and I do that because, you know, I want to start working with them on the mindset work first and, and starting to think about putting themselves first because it's a big transition. So I want to ease into it. So we do sort of three months of that mindset work. And then if they're ready to move on, then we jump to the middle stage where we start to incorporate the how do you want to present yourself? Because it really is a transformation at each different step. But you really have to stick with something for what I found is three month chunks mm-hmm. of focusing on, you know, a couple of things and then moving on to the next level, focusing on that for about three months and then jumping to the next stage. So um, for the full transformation, it is usually nine months to a year before you're totally transformed. You're doing your thought downloads. You're working on your mindset. You, we've revamped the wardrobe. We've gotten the new hairdo, you know, all of those things. We're taking care of our skin, you know, and all of that great stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's that's how my programs are pretty much um, laid out the three, six and, mo- and nine months. It's such a unique combination where you've got the the styling and not just cl- I'm not just talking clothing styling I'm talking mm-hmm. sort of lifestyling but then combining it with the coaching and really understanding that the mental and the physical life are so interconnected and it's very easy to work on the outside because that's what that's what people see that's what people see when you go to the grocery store that's what people put out on social media that's mm-hmm. what you see in photographs and 
it's so easy to forget the sort of the mental part of it, the inside part of it. So um, kudos to you really to, to start there, like to have that as your, as the, the starting point, do not pass go until you figure this part out. Right. right. Um, do you, do, do your clients get a little surprised when you say, Hey, by the way, we're not going to, we're not going to style you. Here's where we're going to start working. Like, that I, I would imagine that surprises a lot of them that, oh, we're going to start there. Yeah, because women usually want the instant gratification and I get it. You know, yeah. someone who comes to me, <laughs> someone who comes to me has not felt good for a long time. So they really want the tools and the quick fix. And I think in our society, we're so conditioned to that quick fix. Right. Um but there's work that has to go into it. And that's the internal work. Because as I mentioned earlier in that example with the woman walking in the, you know, get putting the beautiful dress on and walking in an event and, you know, feeling amazing and getting, a, you know, a ton of compliments, that's a short-term gratification. As soon as you take off that outfit, if you don't have the confidence and feel empowered in your own skin, which is all mental, you're going to take off that outfit and go right back to old habits, right back to the negative mindset, right back to the am I good enough and who am I and all the things that we that we tend to think. So um, we have to start with the mental first. I love it. I love it so much. I love that you've walked the walk. You are someone who is leading by example of, you know, having the trail, walk down the trail and now paving it with some pretty incredible paver stones. Susan, where can our uh, listeners find you? So you can find me on um, Instagram at life um, underscore styled by Susan. Also, my website is lifestyledbysusan.com. I love it. I love what you're doing for women. I want to be lifestyled by Susan. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully many more of you will get out there and think about yourself first this week and think about ways that you also can inspire your life. Thank you so much and get out there and be inspired.